Welcome to Bioinnovator Spotlight at Life Science Org, where we listen to the life science leaders of tomorrow tell their story and discuss their challenges as founders and entrepreneurs. I'm your host, scientist turned communicator, Dr. David Kirk. Let's meet today's founder. I'm joined this week by Simon Leibowitz, co founder and CEO of Cora VR and a new spin out, Heka VR, based in Copenhagen, Denmark. Thank you for joining me. Simon, tell me a little bit about your background and why you decided to become a founder. So, uh, yeah, my, my background, I, um, I have a bachelor in philosophy and then I have a master's in business from, from uh, the US. Mm. And then um, I moved to China um, wow. and I also lived, lived a little bit in Japan. And uh, I, I come from a family of uh, entrepreneurs. Um, mm. So I guess it, it felt quite natural for me to become a founder. Uh, I had a small advertising agency when I was in, in college. And, and also uh, just after high school, I had a small pop-up shop, which gave me a lot of interest in this idea to have kind of your own little um your own company as an extension, I mm. guess, of, of what you want them to achieve in the world. Yeah. What What took you to the U.S. and then to China and Japan? What was that driver? I wanted to study business uh, after my, my bachelor in philosophy. And I thought that in the U.S. it was the college experience was interesting. And it was interesting the way that innovation was taught a little bit more hands-on rather than as an academic um, uh, practice and so uh, and I wanted to get out a little bit so that's why I went to the states and then afterwards I got a, a position um, in uh, my my parents company that took me to China um, to set up uh, the retail chain there as well as the purchasing office and ended up going to Japan instead or you know after a year and um, and doing there and then moving back to Denmark with my American wife. When we think about what field you're focusing on, um, as I mentioned in the intro, you're looking at virtual reality. How, how did you get into that? Like uh, eight years ago or so, I, I was like uh, stepping out of my, my parents' company. Um, and uh, and where I was like, what now I need to find, you know, something new and interesting. And I went to New York, went to museum and I just randomly tried this uh, VR technology and I was just like really mind blown. It was just so cool that you could, you know, put on this headset and then get that feeling that you're somewhere else. And it was a fairly simple, now I know simple experience. So you were seven minute documentary in a Syrian refugee camp and a small girl that shows you around, around her life. It's very normal, but very, it feels very intimate. So it's not like, you know, normally with some of these documentaries, they can really have all these like blood and uh, you know, all these uh, the hunger and stuff. But it, it was more normalized. It was a normal life. They're going to school, and there, but it was just very different. And just this idea that this class could get me into this tent with this girl that eats with her family, and that kind of sense of intimacy, and yeah. it was just really interesting for me. So I just um, got back to Denmark and I just Googled virtual reality in Denmark and had coffee with every single one. Wow. <laughs> well, that's amazing. Uh, when did the overlap happen with life science then for you? 
when we started, uh, yes, yeah, seven years ago, me and my uh, business partner, Peter, who mm-hmm. is uh, also an American, he, uh, we started the, the company. Uh, and we started uh, publishing Denmark's first VR game, but being like very clear that the big potential is using this technology, this amazing ability to transport people to another place. Mm. Just, let's try to figure out what it can actually be used for solving, like what problems can be solved. Mm. And then, uh, so we opened, uh, uh, and this was in the early Cora, Cora days, we opened uh, a shop where people could come in and try it. And through that, we started doing productions and workshops and all kinds of different fields, experts from all kinds of different fields came in. And some of them were, were you know, in the life science psychiatry department. And they started seeing a potential that we really didn't see from the beginning in how can you do use this for anxiety? How can you use this for, for other mental health uh, issues? And, and, and that has really been developing our, our, our kind of track into healthcare and life science. And what field are you focusing on now with uh, your spin out, HECA? Uh, over the last couple of years, we've been working very closely to the uh, uh, psychiatric department here in Copenhagen. Mm. And uh, currently, we're in the final stages of a big trial with 266 patients focusing on treatment resistant schizophrenia. Mm. So, uh, schizophrenia and i didn't know that much about schizophrenia going into this but it's a there's a big unmet need in terms of one third of the patients don't the medication don't work on them so you have millions of millions of people living with you know no treatment options really and um, and and they have a really a hard time living um, having a job have, making a family um, the suicide rate is very high in this group. Uh, and some of the things that uh, that are, and and in in general, it's a really difficult life. And I, I just think that uh, you know we 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 believe that we have developed something quite unique together with the, the regional uh, researchers, um, and um, really hoping that we can make a big big difference for this group and give them a new treatment option. Uh, I can try to explain a little bit uh, what the product yeah. is about. Yes, uh, please, Heka, if you Heka, can. Heka, yeah, yeah it's, it's, um So this is the group of, of schizophrenia patients who are treatment resistant and who hear voices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so often they will, some, some patients all the time hear voices. Of, of for other patients, it's only sometimes. But um, so what we do is that we develop some software that allows the therapist and the patient um, to sit together in our software and create an avatar that represents the voice that the patient is hearing. Mm. So uh, some of them will have auditory hallucinations, so they, in, like uh, no visual hallucinations, so they will know exactly how they look. Other patients will be more abstract, mm. but they will create an avatar. And then the therapist will speak into the microphone uh, and make a small recording, and then the therapist and the patient will sit and tune the therapist's voice so it starts sounding like the, what the patient is hearing inside their head. Mm. And so then the patient will put on the VR headset and sit at a table and across from uh, that avatar. And then the therapist will speak some of the things that the voices usually tell the, the patient. So say, um, you're, you're never amount to anything. 
you're worthless, you're nobody loves you, uh, this type of thing. And then the patient has to practice to stay back uh, to this avatar, right? So they are able to take something that's in their head and kind of like not, uh, they're able to take that uh, and make it tangible, put it on the other side of the table in a chair, and then have a conversation with it in a way. And um, and we're seeing some early results that this has a tremendous effect. Um, yeah, so that's very exciting. And, um, and we're also doing more trials now in Australia and New York and, and also looking at using the method on other mental health issues uh, like eating disorders, for example. That's very interesting. That's so cool. Speaking from, uh, I think, a, a broader sense of you as a founder, what is your biggest challenge today? What's keeping you up at night? Well, I, I sleep pretty well at night. I will say, but uh, but uh, but they're <laughs> taking it out of the mess. So, what's the biggest challenge? Um, I think uh, well, one big challenge um, is uh, this kind of uh, we're going from a uh, I'm going from uh, like a consultancy production house mindset, production house mindset in, in Cora to a product mindset uh, with Heka. And that is two different, dramatically different mindsets where one is looking at, you know, uh, you know, getting some hour, like hourly rates and stuff like that in the kind of work for hire production and, uh, in core and, and in HECA, it's about uh, scalability and uh, potentially uh, investors or VC funding. And um, how is that you make this kind of like, uh, hockey stick uh, growth at some point uh, once you can prove it and what does that look like there's a lot more you know strategic planning in a way mm-hmm. so that 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 transition is quite uh, a challenge for me finally the last thing i'd like to ask you is uh has a book documentary or other media has that made an impact on you and can you recommend anything for other founders yeah, I I really like uh, the sci-fi genre in general. And, I can uh, see why yeah. with the VR. Yeah, <laughs> it makes sense. With, yeah. yeah. So I think uh, there's a lot of cool, really interesting things. Also, I think sci-fi is a really underrated genre in so many mm. ways because it can really it's really useful in terms of when we talk about the future and you know, spatial internet and all these things. It's, it's really interesting how sci-fi has the ability to paint a picture mm. and um, especially realistic sci-fis. But I think my favorite one uh, that I would recommend is uh, The Matrix. Mm. It's not a new film for the people who haven't seen it, but I think when I saw that, and like, I guess it was in the 90s or 2000 or something like that. Mm. Um, I think it just made a tremendous effect on me and maybe indirectly skewed me towards studying philosophy and being really absurd, like interested about the reality of the world. Mm. And then afterwards getting really into VR and this ability to make these illusionary worlds around you and, yeah. and what that could be used for. So maybe that movie really, maybe I'm over overemphasizing the effect it had, but it was a really great movie at that time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, I was just thinking of the, um, 
the holodecks in Star Trek. I don't know if you're familiar with the Star Trek, but uh, they had these big holographic yeah. rooms you could walk into. And I, I'm pretty sure in one episode, they definitely used it for therapy. <laughs> so it's, it's not yeah. a new, it's a, it's a fantastic idea that you can do this in real life now. Yeah. Um, I think it's amazing. Well, thank you so much for talking with me and uh, we hope to see you in the community. Yes, thank you for having me. Are you a life science CEO in Europe? Go to lifescienceorg.com where you can connect, share, and engage with a community of your peers. We have a platform just for early stage founders too. You can join there at nextgen.lifescienceorg.com.